You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. In your Bibles, we're looking at Psalm 23, and I know we will not finish tonight. And as a matter of fact, I'm not even sure we'll get past the first verse or two. This psalm is probably one of the most familiar psalms. I think it's probably one of the dearest psalms in the Bible. Uh, It's been called by many the funeral psalm. And uh, this psalm right here, there's so much uh, depth, there's so much encouragement, there's so much... Uh, of reminders of God's goodness and God's mercy. And uh, we'll look at it for a few minutes tonight. By the way, uh, a couple weeks ago when I preached from Psalm 103, that had been requested by Brother uh, Bobby Jones and Brother Mark King. And I don't think they knew each other had requested it, but uh, we did that a few weeks ago. This psalm uh, was requested by Alice Jefferson. Of course, she requested all of them just about. Not all of them. I think you turned in three or four. And I liked I'm the same way. I got a lot of favorites when it comes to the Psalms, when it comes to songs and verses. And then also Kevin Walsh requested Psalm 23. And so we'll get into it, do the best we can. I want to say before we get started on Psalm 23, that Psalm 23 would not be possible if it were not for Psalm 22. You see, in Psalm 23, we see that the Lord is my shepherd. We find in John chapter 10 that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Can I tell you, that's what a good shepherd does. And that's what the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, did. The shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Aren't you glad he was willing to do that? It says in Psalm 22, verse number 1, Jesus on the cross, this of course is a prophetic or a messianic psalm and we see the words in verse number one my God my God why hast thou forsaken me those would be the very words that Jesus would cry out on Calvary I tell you there's several answers to that question but one reason that God forsook Jesus and one reason that God turned his back on his own son was so that you and I would never have to experience that. Aren't you glad you've never had to ask that question? I'm glad I've never had to look up into heaven and say, God, why have you forsaken me? Because he's already promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 23 would not be possible without Psalm 22, the, the Psalm of the cross. But then also after Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, We get to Psalm 24, and in Psalm 24, we find out that it's not the Messiah, it's not the Savior, the Lamb on the cross, it's not the shepherd of the sheep in Psalm 23, but we get to Psalm 24, and we find out that this shepherd, this Lamb that was slain, is now the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm glad he's still on the throne. I'm glad he's king. I'm glad he's in control of your life and my life. I'm glad that nothing has slipped under the radar. He's got it all under control. And I'm glad for that. Psalm 23. Lord, would you help us as we look at your word? I need your strength. I need your power. And Lord, I pray you'd help me to say what you would have for me to say tonight. May it be a help. 
May it be a blessing. May it be an encouragement. May it be a challenge to all of us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you to notice as we begin Psalm 23, we have to see the person. The first two words of Psalm 23, it says, the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. We saw in Psalm 27, this word Lord with the uh, capital L and then the small caps O-R-D. This name for God is literally the name Jehovah. He's the eternal one. He's the self-existent one. He is the I am God. You say, well, what does that mean? He's whatever you need. When you need grace, he's grace. When you need strength, he's strength. When you need mercy, he's got mercy. When you need a friend, he's a friend. When you need a helper, he's there. He is the I am God that uh, he told Moses. He said, go tell Pharaoh that I am, that I am hath sent you. This is the God that we're talking about. The Lord is my shepherd. By the way, don't forget who he is compared to who we are. Not only is he the Lord, he is the creator. He made you. He made me. Uh, I was reading with the girls the other night. We were doing our little devotional book, and it's got a lot of scientific facts, and it's got a lot of uh, facts about animals, and I've used those uh, on Sunday nights for the children's choir. To me, it's very interesting, and I think the kids enjoy it. But uh, I get some good sermon illustrations out of it too, let me tell you. But they were talking about the Hubble telescope. The Hubble telescope was launched in 1990. Just to give you an idea how powerful that telescope is, they made the comparison. They said it can see into the galaxies and can see the millions and millions of stars in the different galaxies. But to, to bring it down to our level, they said it would be like if you were sitting on your front porch in North Carolina and you could see a lightning bug in Japan. That's how powerful the Hubble telescope is. Now, hang on. That Hubble telescope didn't create anything. That Hubble telescope just helps us see what's already been created. And can I tell you who created it? God, the Lord, the one who is your shepherd. He's my shepherd. He knows what you're going through. The Bible says he's got the hairs of your head numbered. And Brother Webster, while you were playing, I thought that's an easy number because that number hasn't, hasn't changed in all these years. For me, that's been a little harder number to keep track of, you know. And some of us in this room, it's not that hard because that number's getting fewer and fewer and fewer. Right, Brother Tony and Brother uh, Chuck? And some of us, we know about that. I don't, I don't know like you guys know, but I'm getting there. But can I tell you, that Hubble telescope, it, it, it's allowing us to see the stars and the planets and the galaxies. But guess what? God is the one that spoke those into existence. He is the one who knows uh, what is going on in your life, in my life. He's in control and he's aware and he's concerned. And the Lord, that person, that Jehovah God is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I see number two, the position. His position is that he is not only the creator, but he is the shepherd. I love what David says in verse one, the Lord is our shepherd. Is that what it says? The Lord's your shepherd. The Lord is a shepherd. Oh no, David said, he's mine. 
He belongs to me. I have chosen him. He not only created me, but I want to submit and yield my life to the shepherd. He is my shepherd. I'm glad for the Lord who is our shepherd. I'm glad that God, not only he created us, but he's willing to put up with us. Now that may not sound like a big deal to you. Yeah, I remember Mark. But that's a big deal to me because I know who I am. And I know the struggles I have. And I know the so many times that I feel like I fall short of what I could be or what I should be for God. But yet God loves us, he cares for us, and he puts up with us. It's interesting that God chose to say that he is our shepherd. You know, sheep, and I'm not a farmer, I'm not, even, I'm not even a country boy, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in the city. But sheep are not intelligent animals. As a matter of fact, sheep are known for being very fearful. Does that not sound like us? Maybe that's why God had to say throughout Scripture, fear thou not, fear not. Fear not, fear not, because he knew we would be, uh, uh, we would tend to be fearful. Not only that, but sheep tend to follow the crowd. Boy, that sounds like 2019, does it not? Somebody puts the dumbest idea in the history of mankind on the internet and says, here's what we're doing. We're raiding Area 51 as a joke. Y'all, you heard about it. They did it as a joke and they had, I think, a million people sign up and say, we're coming. That's a great idea. Let's go get ourselves killed over something stupid. You know, that's great. Let's do it. You know why? Because people are sheep. People follow the crowd. Uh, people are easily swayed just like sheep would be. Can I tell you, that ought to be a good reminder that we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd who can lead us and direct us and guide us. And David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm so glad that he is willing to care for us. He's willing to provide for us. I'm glad that God devotes his time and his energy and his focus to meet our needs. The Bible says uh, in another portion of scripture, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, the sheep don't know what's best for the sheep, but the shepherd sure does. The sheep don't know how to have protection, but the shepherd knows how to protect them. It's interesting that David is the one that writes this psalm and David was a shepherd. Remember, David told the story. He said, I was out in the field and the bear came and it took that, that lamb in its mouth and I went and I killed the bear and the lion the same and I killed the lion. And now here David is writing and saying, the Lord, he's my shepherd. Boy, the Lord is protecting me from the, the enemies and the Lord is protecting me from the dangers. The shepherd provides for the sheep. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. We see the person, we see the position. He's our shepherd, but Thirdly, I'd like for you to notice, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want, it, it simply means to lack. There's not anything that I need that I don't have. Now, if you say tonight, you say, well, pastor, hang on. That's not true. There are things that I need and there are things that I lack and there are things that I'm going without and I don't understand it. Well, hang on, time out. I didn't say that nobody would lack. And this verse doesn't say that nobody would have needs unmet. 
But David said, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will not want. If the Lord is in control of your life, if the Lord is leading you, if you are following the chief shepherd, if you are uh, submitting and yielding your will to him, I'll promise you this, you're not going to go without. You say, but what about when there's not a lot of money in the bank? We're not talking about money in the bank. We're talking about needs met. You say, well, what about I don't have this? And I, well, well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about that God has promised that he would supply our needs. Amen. Boy, we are so spoiled. Brother Dan, uh, I think it was this morning, mentioned how that in the United States of America, it is, it's crazy. It's almost sick just how spoiled we are. I mean, we, we've got everything. You say, I don't have much. Take a missions trip. You take a missions trip or you talk to some of our missionaries or you watch some of the videos and you see how people live and all of a sudden you say, Lord, forgive me for ever complaining one time. Can I tell you, God has promised he would meet our needs. Uh, Philippians says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. David said, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of people that live for the devil. I've seen them on the streets. I've seen a lot of pe people that have been slaves to alcohol and slaves to drugs and slaves, slaves to sin and wickedness. I've seen a lot of those people get to the end of their life and have nothing. But I've never seen anybody that stayed true to God get to the end of their life and not have food to eat, not have clothes to wear, not have their needs met. How come? Because the good shepherd takes care of his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, David said, I shall not want, I shall not lack. It's a sign of wicked people. It's a sign of worldly people. They always want more. They're never satisfied. And by the way, that's what possessions and that's what things will do to you. They'll make you always want the next thing and you'll always want the bigger and you'll always want the better and you'll always want more and you've always got to have this. That's the sign of a worldly person. But can I tell you the sign of a righteous person is contentment. Hey, God's taken care of me. My needs are met. God's been good. I'm satisfied. I shall not want. The provision is not based on your savings. The provision is based on your shepherd. And I'm glad we have the Lord as our shepherd. Notice verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I see not only the person, the position, I see the provision of God. And we'll see the provision again when we get down further in this chapter. But I see number 4. I see the path. It says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, those green pastures, that's where the sheep get their nourishment. That's where the sheep, where they eat, that's where they, uh, they, they get the, 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 the food that they can have so that they can continue on. Can I tell you for the Christian, can I tell you where the green pastures are? They're in the word of God. This is our meat. This is our nourishment. This is our food. This is our strength. And we wonder sometimes why we're so weak and why Christians are so anemic 
and we wonder why Christians are, are fallen, fallen away and why Christians can't even uh, read their Bible or go to church or live for God or serve God or do what's right, I'll tell you why. Because we're starving ourselves to death. We've got the word of God. We've got the food. We've got the milk. We've got it, but we don't enjoy it. We don't take it in like we should. He uh, uh, maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The still waters is a representation, I believe, of the peace of God. You know, the psalmist David even said in Psalm 86, he said, be still and know that he is God. You know, when the Lord is your shepherd, when you just trust him with everything, you can have peace that passes all understanding. You say, but what about, and we, we always hear it, the election. What about the economy? What about the Middle East? What about all that stuff? Hey, that, that's been going on a long time and that'll keep on going for a long time. But great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Be still as he leads us along the path. It says in verse number three, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God leads us in the path of righteousness and he leads us not for our own purpose and our own glory, but it says he leads us for his namesake. It's for his honor. It's for his glory. It's for his purpose. It's his plan. But the path that he leads, Job said it like this. He said, God knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Now, there have been paths in, in our lives that my wife and I, we would not have chosen. You know, if you're, if you're going on a trip and you take out a map and you say, we're going from point A to point B and we're going the shortest route, amen? We're not doing the scenic route. Um, I, Brother, Brother Graham, you and your wife, you amaze me when you all used to go up to um, Vermont and you'd say we took the scenic route. I know that was to miss all the D.C. traffic and all that. But if it's not shorter, I'm not interested. You know what I'm talking about? It's like we want to get there, right? And there are times in life where boy, we, we would choose a path and we sure would choose it a lot different. But can I tell you, we're not the shepherd. We're just the sheep. And when he's leading us, he's leading us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's so he can get the glory. I've used this illustration years ago. But when you follow the Lord, He'll sometimes lead you some different ways that you wouldn't have chosen. And as he leads you, you say, well, I don't understand. I'm going over there. Why is, why is he leading me over here? Well, there may be some people over here you need to help. There may be some people along the way that you need to encourage. There may be some people along the way that you can pray for and some people that you can rub shoulders with and you can encourage them, but they can encourage you. Can I tell you, when, when, when he's the shepherd, the sheep don't question the sheep don't buck. They shouldn't buck. The sheep don't rebel. The sheep don't revolt. The sheep follow and submit to the shepherd because the shepherd knows what he's doing and the shepherd knows where he's going. The path. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Would you notice the next verse though? The psalmist says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You say, hang on. That must have been a, that must have been a wrong turn, David. No, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't go through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, no. Well, this is 
David saying that's where the shepherd leads sometimes. And we've been through that valley. And you've been through that valley with the loss of a loved one. And if the Lord tarries, it'll be us someday that will go through that valley of the shadow of death. You say, why is it a shadow? Because it may look scary and it may seem very difficult and it may seem like it's really bad, but for the child of God, death has lost its sting and the grave has lost its victory. And when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, guess, guess what you find when you get to the other side? You're in glory. You find that you're in heaven. You find that you're with the King of Kings and you're face to face with the shepherd. The path may be difficult. The Bible says a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Would you turn with me to one passage and we'll be done. Proverbs chapter 4. I use this verse so many times when my wife and I were at Golden State Baptist College and so many college students would come. And this was our theme verse one year for the college. And it just seemed like God used it in my life to help me. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 18. It says, but the path of the just. You know, that's the path I want to be on. I want to be on the paths of righteousness. I want to be on the path of the just. It says in Proverbs 4, 18, the path of the just. That's when you follow the shepherd. That's when you follow the Lord and he leads you in the right way. It says the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. You know, there's times where you follow the Lord's leading and you don't always see it. Have you ever been there where you didn't understand what God was doing, like Brother Webster sang about and the, the family sang, up above, we'll see it clearly? But there's times where I've been on some paths and I've been in some situations and I knew the Lord was leading, but I sure couldn't understand it. And I certainly couldn't see it and I certainly couldn't explain to somebody else how it all made sense. But here's, what's hap here's what happens when you get on the path of the just. You take a step and it gets a little bit clearer and it gets a little bit brighter. And you take another step and you just trust and obey and you say, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. And you just keep taking it one step at a time. Boy, you get to the end of that path. and You look back and say, thank you, thank you, Lord. My wife and I, we like to tease each other about our dating days and... I know my wife, I know she seems innocent and you, you could never imagine her doing something like this, but she gave me some grief when we were dating, let me just tell you. And I, here I am, I'm just trying to figure out if this is the one. And uh, that's all I was trying to do, and, but she thought she was going to try to make my life miserable, I guess, and give me a hard, play. she likes to say, play hard to get, that's what she'll say. But we were dating and um, I thought things were going good. Brother Webster, I thought things were fine. I thought things were going good. And one day I went to class and I sat in class and she always sat next to me in class and uh, that or right in front of me, right next to me. And she wasn't there in that class and her brother was in the class. And I asked her brother, I said, hey, I said, Joanna's sick today. He said, uh, no. He said, you mean she didn't tell you? 
I said, as a matter of fact, no, she didn't tell me what. You know, here we're dating, and you know, I thought, you know, we were communicating at least. How many of you think that the, that the lady ought to at least communicate when you're just, yeah, a few men are brave enough to raise your hand. The ladies are like, oh, no, we want to hear this out before we vote. And, um, and he said, well, she went down to Southern California. It was about five, six-hour drive. Her dad was preaching down there, and she just up and went. Didn't bother telling Bozo here, you know, she didn't bother telling me. And, uh, and that was, now, I'm not, I'm not smart, but I don't think I'm that dumb. That was an indication, I thought, uh-oh, something's not good with the communication, and something's not good. And you know whose fault it was? It was mine, of course, right, men? Amen. And, uh, and she came back, and we talked through some things, and I, I feel, well, obviously things worked out, because as you can, you know the rest of the story now. But you know, I remember in that particular thing, I remember just wanting so much. I wanted to find the woman that God had for me. I wanted to find the wife. I wanted to, I didn't want to make a mistake. I wanted to make sure that I was on the path of the just, in the will of God. And boy, I tell you, at some of those times, and Joanna would tell you too, we're just trying to figure it out. And there was times where, boy, it didn't all make sense. and didn't understand it. And is this the one? Is it not? But you know what's amazing is, when you're in the will of God, just every step you take just gets a little bit brighter, just gets a little bit clearer. And I look back now, after we got married in 2012, <laughs> and I look back now, I can't believe I did that, and I look back now and I say, thank the Lord. I'm so glad that I followed the Lord's leading, and I'm so glad that I allowed him to lead because when he leads in paths of righteousness, you never get to the end and look back and say, why did I go down that path? You always get to the end and you say, thank God I followed the shepherd. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.